Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined a Pro Wrestling Hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who I can only assume still has not seen Marine 6, Derek Halpin. I tried really hard over this past weekend. I, I searched multiple red boxes, and it's just not out there. Like, I'm going to have to go the extra mile to make this happen, I think. <laughs> I, I think this is going to end with us having to pay slightly more than we want to to see Marine 6, which is really anything over $1.50. Which, it's ridiculous because I'm we're going to have to pay more than we want. We're going to have to put in the extra effort. And I haven't seen any of the other Marine movies. Not a one. Not, not, not even a clip. I have seen Marine 1, which Did I purchased. Did you see it in theaters? I didn't. No, I purchased right. it at a Monday Night Raw in college at the Mark of the Quad Cities and it was signed by John Cena and it only cost $20. So it was a John Cena autograph for 20 bucks. That's basically what they were trying to sell me and it worked. And it, that was at a point when I wasn't even watching wrestling. Well, you were watching it cuz you were there. Well, I was th I got invited. That was like definitely in the middle of me not watching. Somebody invited me. I went. I thought, I definitely want John Cena's autograph, right? Two questions. Yeah. Do you, do you still have the autograph? And two, did you have fun at the show? The Literally the only thing I remember about that show, I remember how empty it was. Uh, I remember it was only 100 level. No one was in the upper tiers. And there were a lot of empty seats around me. And the dark match was John Cena versus Great Khali. Literally oh, yes. the only thing I remember from the whole show. Wow. And do you and still have the autograph? I do still have the autograph. Uh, Marine One. I don't, I mean, Miz didn't have that big of shoes to follow. We didn't have the fun John Cena that we have in love now. We had a movie where Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 is the villain and they never let you forget that he was in Terminator 2. That's kind of cool. Like, there's a part in it when... I'm trying to remember. Like, they, they actually... Does he, just, the, does he do the T-1000 run? I don't know if he does the run, but at one point, I, I believe he uses the sentence, What do I look like? I'm made of liquid metal. Uh, 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 and then I believe they say so to John... fucking lame. And at some point, he says to John Cena, What do you think you are? Some kind of Terminator or something? <laughs> And, you know, at some point, Derek says to Garrett, hit our goddamn music. that segue that was a good segue uh basically that's the perfect segue because it just one of us has to say it yeah when one it's, of us feels the intro has gone too long is <laughs> when the other says it it's either really witty or very abrupt either way it gets our music in there hey we're back with another episode hey and while You're we got you here right at the top don't forget to rate review subscribe if you leave a review we will talk about anything you want like Marine 6, eventually. It's a lot easier if it's something we have easy access to, like something off any of the million wrestling networks that we do have access to. Uh, but we will get around to it, just as long as it even has something slightly to do with pro wrestling. Those five stars that you can give us on iTunes mean a whole bunch to both of us. So if you haven't already, please do that. Helps us out a lot. Also, it really, sorry, I, if you don't mind me while well, we're still on this real quick, I was just gonna say, oh. it's really crazy how often you'll run into pro wrestling and everything. Uh, over the weekend, I was watching the Blues Brothers when they go to check into Elwood's room, you know, his, his shitty little room, the guy working the desk is watching pro wrestling. And I was trying my hardest to figure out what match he was actually watching. <laughs> I know in the movie Creepshow, uh, Who's the uh, the famous horror author? Stephen King. His character's watching pro wrestling. Of course, he's playing like a hillbilly. If you haven't seen that one, check it out, Garrett. I was going to also point out, after you give us the five stars, after you leave us the review, you should also follow us on social media. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook, at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter. 
at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to email us, we're Predetermined Podcast at gmail.com. That way you can, you know, send us something private. Tell us how you're doing. Maybe you can recommend something to us in private. Or maybe you had a crazy thing happen to you at a wrestling show that you think your story needs to be told to the world. And by the world, I mean the tens and tens and tens of listeners. That li- <laughs> tens and tens and tens. The dozens and dozens. This goes out Mick to Foley. our dozens and dozens. Ah, uh, the rock and sock connection. Do you think that should ever go into the Hall of Fame? Yes. <laughs> Without you know hesitation. No, I don't need that. There is no hesitation. It's The Rock. If it's a way for them to get The Rock to the Hall of Fame and get more asses and seats, he is going to go in the Hall of Fame as a tag team. So The Rock's going to go in with Nation of Domination. He's going to go in with The Rock and Sock Connection. He's going to go in by himself. What else? If they make a deal out of somebody being a two-time Hall of Famer, they are going to find a way to get The Rock in there at least a dozen times. I mean, he can go in as a celebrity too, right? He, oh my God, he should go, he should have, you know what? Induct them all at the same time and just have, (laughs) just make the entire hall of fame him. (laughs) If you know what, if you want to find a way to beat a new Japan show at Madison square garden, that's how you do it. Just have a rock party at a different arena. Would you go to that? Just the rock. Like if we just called it like all hail the rock or whatever, and you just go and Everybody sucks his dick for a little bit about how it's like an hour and a half to two hours of him playing guitar and then giving another speech and then bringing a friend up on stage and then playing another song and then maybe doing some Shakespeare, like acting a little bit, doing some Hamlet and then, you know, another speech. And then, you know, he gets in his uh, his catchphrases because that's what everyone wants to hear one more time. And then he, you know, he goes into the Hall of Fame like seven times in one night. Speaking of, you know, him doing Shakespeare, I we had, the Oscars were just this weekend, and I truly believe that we will witness The Rock be the first pro wrestler to win an Academy Award at some point. Do you think so? I think I think he is going to surprise us and either be in a period piece or who knows, maybe 10 years from now, 15 years from now, his career isn't doing as well and Quentin Tarantino throws him in a movie to rejuvenate his career and he'll get an Oscar there. I really hope he does, but I thought Rampage was his best chance, and he kind of missed on it. You think Rampage was the best shot? I'm kidding. I did see like 15 minutes of Rampage a couple weeks ago. It's really not that bad, Derek. It takes place in Chicago. We've talked about this before. But while we're on the subject of people going into the Hall of Fame, Garrett, did you see who's going to the Hall of Fame today? Honky Tonk Man! Yeah! Who also does stand-up comedy around the country. I believe he's performed at the comedy club here twice since I've lived in Nashville. Those mutton chops are pretty epic. Is having those mutton chops for your entire life a punishment? Or do you think he's just, he's into them? Well, my question is, you know, you see wrestlers down the line, you know, as they age certain aspects of, like, like, for instance, you don't think about Shawn Michaels... Like, like him being bald was weird. Do you think somebody like Sasha Banks for the rest of her life has to have that purple hair? No, I think she'll be super happy to get rid of it. Like, how are they going to transition her out of that? I mean, I know she didn't always have it, but. We'll do like an impact and have dark Sasha. Have her get possessed by a demon and let her hair change. Yeah. And they they had a chance to do that, too. It's fucked up when we think back within the last year. They were strongly teasing Bailey and Sasha finally going at it, and then they kind of gave up on that for some weird... I think that was probably the day they decided they were going to do the women's tag titles. And then they were like, okay, we won't have you guys hate each other then. You're a tag team now. And, you know, no more purple hair when Sasha turns heel. I like that idea. Honky Tonk Man's going to the Hall of Fame. You mentioned to... you mentioned Brett Michaels a second ago, and that led me on a Google search as I stand here. Did I say Brett Michaels? Address. No, I'm I'm sorry, Sean Michaels. Oh, Brett Michaels is the lead singer of Poison, right? Correct. Uh, which <laughs> all the seasons of Rock of Love are on uh, Amazon Prime, so hop on there. But I, you said Sean Michaels, and that made me realize I had never seen his uh, Playgirl spread. That's. So I'm I glad just... that you looked at it as a thing, like. I haven't seen it yet. I need to get on that. That's up there with the Marine Six right now. 
Yeah. It was? Uh, I thought, <laughs> I'm assuming you looked at it. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it right now, but I was under the impression that Shawn Michaels was, was nude in this magazine. Are you disappointed? Well, I'm just seeing him with a, a belt over his dick. I thought we were going to see Shawn Michaels hang some brain. I thought like he was, you know, I thought he was really, truly a brave man and going out there showing his penis. I'll be honest with you. I've never seen like I've, I guess I, I guess I have seen some pictures from that being, you know, pushed around on, on social media. But I thought I thought like you, he for sure would have been naked and he's not. He's just well, wearing. Is it the actual WWF championship around his waist? I believe so. <laughs> and you don't even see his ass on here. What is this? And then uh, unless if you scroll down a couple, then you see several Photoshop pictures of him performing fellatio on someone. Ah, Google images, baby. Somebody, I, you know what? I appreciate the internet. There's a, a beautiful group of weirdos out there willing to waste time on doing something that no one asked for. Would you look at a honky-tonk man play girl spread? Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's the third mutton chop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a good joke. Hey. Uh, can I ask you so, a question? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say something, but go ahead. Oh, no, no, please. I'm sorry. I no, just no, keep no, interrupting no. you. No, 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 no. As I'm no, no. literally watching a man fillet another man on my... Let me move this to the background. Fillet. Yeah. Uh, so... Over the weekend, I posted a tw uh, an Instagram post showing how many missed texts I had. Yeah. I ha at the time, I had 196 missed texts. Mm -hmm. What is it now? Uh, it's actually like 118. I brought it down a little bit. I've been I, working on it. I've, I'm trying. I'm trying. What's funny is you probably just ended entire relationships to get that number down. You probably had backed up texts from people you haven't spoken to in years, and you were just like, rather than go through and look at these, I'll just swipe and delete the entire conversation. Well, I need to know, because Jeffy says that that post made me a heel. And I need to ask you, is that heelish behavior? Um... I see. I think it's different when it's text. Like to me, if it's a text, yeah, you're a dick. Sometimes my emails get backed up, and you'll see the little red circle down there showing that you have got like three hundred or four hundred. I know your email's really bad too, but you can't. I mean, that's that's an absurd number of text messages to just not like even look at, let alone respond. I don't know. I don't. You ever just want to be unreachable? Like, don't you hate it that everyone can talk to you at all times and they know when you send that, that like you definitely just didn't respond? Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. But, you know, that's why I, I keep a, a very tight knit circle of people that I exchange messages with. You are in my circle. <laughs> Thank you. And to, to follow up with, with Jeffy's uh, astute observation that you are a heel. Absolutely. Do you know how many times I have been in bed at like 1030 at night? You know, and I've been there for, you know, a couple hours and I'm getting ready for work three in the morning. And I got to get up. And all of a sudden I hear, and it's you watching some new Japan shit at 1030. And you are coming in your pants over something that's going on. And you reach out to me. And you know what? I look at your texts. I look and see what you send. And then I roll back over and go to bed. But I look at them. Yeah, I don't care if you respond. I, you know, I just want you to know how excited I was in that moment. <laughs> but all I'm You're saying, like, Derek, is that, you know, Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec, no one thinks he's an asshole and he doesn't want to be unreachable. There's no way if you're sending him a text, he's getting I back. I can understand not wanting to be you know, accessed at all hours of the day. I get it. I think you took it too far. You think I let it get out of hand? I think so. Well, I just made the post so everybody <laughs> would know you're not alone. I didn't want everybody to, I, you know, I'm not going out of my way to wrong one person in particular. I just didn't want to touch my phone for the last couple of weeks. I think in general, you're a pretty good person. But that text, that text addiction... You know, or not answering text addiction. It's gotten a little out of control. You might want to work on that. All uh, I heard you say is that I'm a good person. What else were you saying? 
That's true Eric Cartman heel behavior. That was the only part that you heard. I got what I wanted out of that. I'm done. Uh, shit. Uh, we did Let's something some special wrestling. for this week's episode, didn't we? We watched something that we probably should have watched a long fucking time ago. And uh, now we get to, for the sake of the podcast, give out uh, our, our thoughts, our emotions on watching WrestleMania number one. Garrett, it didn't even have number one after it. It, it was just WrestleMania. No theme song, nothing special, no bells and whistles. And I had always heard that this is looked back on as not a great show. Is that correct? I have never heard that. What social media do you... You've said this before. You have a very negative wrestling circle around you, I guess. <laughs> it's <laughs> My wrestling circle is like our listeners and you. And then I guess just a bunch of random people that I've followed that have very negative views on things. But I had always heard that the first couple WrestleManias weren't as great as later ones that like one isn't considered one of the best. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that it's like anything else. It's like they, they mastered their art as they went on. Like I, I put out a, a post earlier today, I, like on my Twitter saying, man, look at how far the graphics have, have come for this show when I took a picture of the opening text that says WrestleMania Madison Square Garden and you think and now they they fucking produce holograms with, <laughs> with Rottweilers when Roman Reigns comes out like it's 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 crazy to see how far it's come Brock Lesnar's dick arrow is a hologram it's different I, but like I said a minute ago, this was something we probably should have checked out a long time ago. I had only ever seen the main event, Same. and that was like right after I got the network. And um, actually, I had seen the Andre match before as well. Well, that was maybe my favorite match of the night. But uh, but I will say overall, I had such a good time watching this show. Uh, it is two hours and fifteen minutes long. So, you know, doesn't take you a whole lot longer than watching a regular episode of SmackDown. Easy to go down. <laughs> and I just overall had a great fucking time with every aspect of this show. Commentators, the, I don't even know what you call them. Just like maybe a ring announcer. What do you call the British guy? Uh, Lord Alfred Hayes. The guy Let's talk who about introduced it. each ma- First of all, I loved Alfred Hayes so much. He looked like a deer in the headlights He'd be talking to the camera, telling you what match was up next, but his eyes would constantly be looking at other things around him as like, like some of the workers would come by him. And, you know, it was just, I, I, I texted you when I saw this and I said, they need to bring this back. Like they need to have somebody manually. And I say that because you're used to when a match is coming up, they throw up a graphic that shows you everyone involved and it says up next. And then you go to commercial break and you come back. I want somebody to do that now, and I nominated Aiden English for that job since he's already getting work in on 205 Live. Give me somebody say, awkwardly explaining to me who's going to be wrestling and what's at stake. I vote Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we got to go back to the beginning. The thing that we didn't necessarily know what retro thing we were going to be doing for the show this week, and the thing that sold me on this is you just kind of unprompted dove right into this and started watching WrestleMania one and texting me about it, which again, thank you. And you said this show starts with mean Gene Okerlund singing the national anthem. <laughs> and that was the moment where I was like, ah, I'm definitely watching that. I was really ready for, cause you always see that clip of Aretha Franklin singing it. And I was like, Oh, that has to be one. Right. And I was like, well, if it's not her, then I don't know what are we going to like Ray Charles or somebody cool. And then nope, they, they they say mean Gene. No, I was gonna say, and this is what's funny about it. You start with reasonable expectations. Like if this is your first time watching the show, you're like, oh, I guess it makes sense. Like Mean Gene really can't sing. He's not like the worst thing you've ever heard, but you can tell. I mean, this is not his forte. I was gonna and, say like he can't sing, but he can't not sing. Like right. it's a good it's a good place where you can tell he wouldn't be embarrassed to sing karaoke, and he wouldn't need to be. But I, to me, that's almost what makes it the most awkward, because at least if it was somebody fucking terrible, like if it was Vicky Guerrero, that would almost be an act unto itself. Like like when Rosie, o, when, when not Rosie O'Donnell, when uh, Roseanne Barr 
when she sang the national anthem at a baseball game and it was horrendous and she got booed. But it's like, and it wasn't a great scene. They just fucking, they threw Mean Gene out there like, Mean, get out there and do your thing. And he <laughs> asks the crowd to join in with him. And they do. The crowd gets into it from the start of the show. Now, here's what makes it hilarious. They have Mean Gene do the national anthem. They have Cindy Lauper, Liberace, Muhammad Ali, and fucking a host of other celebrities in the back. One of which actually does sing. They picked Mean Gene to do the anthem. Damn, you really uh, jumped out there and threw away a lot of the surprises from the end, which I had totally forgot that Liberace was at the first WrestleMania. (laughs) And so I actually, when I was in Burbank, lived next to Liberace's grave. I I was next to a cemetery that a lot of famous people were buried at. Uh, so that, that really weird hit about that being a claim to fame that hit close to home for me. Uh, actually, I would go to that cemetery every Christmas. My wife and I would go there to pay our respects to Ronnie James Dio. And I would bend down and whisper a secret into Dio's grave that I'd never told anyone every year. So Dio has my secrets. If you're looking for him, what did you give Liberace? I, I waved at him when I walked by. I mean, if I had <laughs> what? If I had if I had known WrestleMania one was a thing, I would have, you know, sat down, said a prayer, asked some questions. Would it be inappropriate for you to stand next to his grave and do like the the rocket kicks that he did at WrestleMania one? Would somebody coming by look over and see that and think you're mocking the dead? Okay. So let's get to the point where Liberace comes out because let me tell you, it's that's a fucking like right surprise. right before the main event, so that's later on in the show. But yeah, get to so it. we get we get Finkel out there, uh, Howard Finkel. <laughs> Howard fucking Finkel. Howard fucking Finkel comes out there and announces he is introducing the man who's going to replace him for the rest of the night, which is what was his, uh was a baseball manager, um, Billy Williams or something uh, like that. Uh, Billy Martin. Billy Martin. Billy Martin comes out and says, okay, and next, I, th- I think he's getting ready to introduce the match. No, he brings out fucking Liberace and about five Radio City Rockettes who dance for like two and a half minutes. They're just sitting there like, you know, doing their high kicks. And the crowd, Derek, the crowd is loving it. The crowd is excited for Liberace at WrestleMania 1. It was a different time. Like now people are like, I have to watch fucking flow rider. No WrestleMania one. They all sat in their seat and watched Liberace dance for two and a half minutes. And we can't sit through a flow rider song. We are fucking spoiled assholes. We are. And they, I think they introduced him as one of the greatest entertainers in the whole world. After that two and a half minutes, I couldn't disagree. That man, (laughs) they high kicked a full circle around and then they stopped. And then he looked like, am I supposed to keep kicking? Then they started kicking again. The rocket on the end is like, wait, we're still kicking trying to get on. And he's leading the kicks and the rockets aren't ready for how quick he's going. I think it's normally a, a slower kick. That was the vibe I was getting somewhere. Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn was in the truck freaking out that they didn't get that shot the way he wanted. (laughs) He's like, make them do more kicks. Have them have them do the Liberace kicks a little bit more. And then Liberace, he isn't just there. He's there to ring the bell, Derek. He's the guest timekeeper. That's an important job. He's just sitting out ringside. And I'm like, oh my God, we're done with celebrity. This is, I mean, how are you going to top this? And they go, oh, also, we have, uh, we have Muhammad Ali here who's going to be the outside referee. Well, that was what was funny is that they say he's going to be the referee for the match. He's the special guest referee. And they wheel him out there, and he waves, and everyone goes nuts, and he gets in the ring. And then they kind of, like, nonchalantly are like, all right, now get out of there. Muhammad Ali is going to be the special outside-the-ring referee, which is just as important as the inside-the-ring referee. And I was in my head thinking, that's bullshit. Like, I, you know, I don't think the announcers blatantly lie to me often, or I'd like to think they don't. Jesse, the body Ventura lied to me right then by telling me that was an important job. Oh yeah. He fucking lied to you. We got other things to talk about on the show other than the build up to the main event, which we will get to. I like that Liberace got as much time as he, he should. Yeah. WrestleMania one. Um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that we could talk about with this show that are just, they're a product of their time. 
the thing was lit like a house show and I loved it. And I don't know if that's just nostalgia and I know that it doesn't we've talked about this so many times. I like the grittiness and the focus on what's going on in the ring and there's something there's something cool about looking back on these old matches where it's just a single light over the ring dimly lit and it's it I don't know to me it's a show. It's a pro wrestling show. And Can you imagine if they lit MetLife Stadium like they did Madison Square Garden? That would be the... <laughs> First of all, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it would be wild for them to do that for like, just like, I don't know. One pay-per-view, just make it a throwback pay-per-view and just do the bare minimum and see how the people feel about it. <laughs> but, uh, and, and we got to talk about this too, because it's important. The crowd for WrestleMania was awesome. Oh, this crowd was fucking excellent. They booed the heels. They cheered the baby faces. They seemed excited for nearly everything that happened. This show opens with one of my favorite wrestlers now. His name is The Executioner, and he opens up in a match against Tito Santana. Garrett, can you describe what those pre-match promos are like? They're very rushed, but what was your take on... On the promo before this match, the Executioner was just amazing. I'm not convinced that the Executioner isn't Louis Anderson. <laughs> I was like, trying to figure out who it was. Like as I, I was look, as I was looking at those eyes and that nose, I was just like, eh. like I was just expecting that voice the whole time. But he really went out there and stumbled through a promo. I can't. It's just funny because you know Mean Gene's like, you guys got 15 seconds to say whatever you want, and then I'm cutting you off regardless. His basically and, ended with, wait, 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 I didn't get it up. <laughs> and go to the ring. Like, you could tell that he, as he was doing it, he was not happy. And what's funny is these are all fucking pre-tapes. Yeah. So, and this is WrestleMania. Do it again. <laughs> Maybe there was no time for a second take. Um, next match, we got King Kong Bundy versus Spe- King Kong Bundy versus Special Delivery Jones in a squash match that lasts. They say nine seconds. They say it's a new record that lasts nine seconds. But if you actually check the time on it, it's twenty three seconds. They lied to you again. Let's be clear. Also, King Kong Bundy is brought to the ring uh, with Jimmy Hart, and I will tell you. South. Jimmy Hart, substantially more fuckable in this day and age. <laughs> what? That was your reaction? That was, yeah. My, my takeaway was, oh, he doesn't look as weird when he's young. Let's look at Jimmy Hart's Playboy spread. Has he got the <laughs> megaphone over his dick? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm just saying, like, the guy had a more handsome face, and the older he got and continuing to dress the same, he seemed like a weird used car salesman. Where back then, he's pretty sexy. <laughs> he looks better. I don't know that my reaction was, oh, definitely more fuckable. Well, you know, you and I watch wrestling for different things, and we have different takeaways. That's, that's the fun part of it. That's perfectly fair. Third match, we got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Matt Bourne. Garrett, do you know who Matt Bourne goes on to be? Who does he go on to be, Derek? He goes on to be Doink the Clown. No fucking shit. You didn't know that, and now you know that. Well, if you had to guess, how would you say he died? Matt Bourne? Yes. I don't know. Drug overdose. Did he really die? He died at the age of 55 in 2013. Oh, bummer. Didn't Doink the Clown wrestle in Carbondale one time not too long before or after I visited you down there? Yeah, there were weird pro wrestling, like indie wrestling things that, you know, you'd always see like a bushwhacker or somebody was part of it. And I, I would be confident that Doink was a part of that at one point. And hi- well, I just remember that being advertised. But in hindsight, do you wish you had gone to more of those off the wall shows? Yeah. I mean, I wish I would have gone to any of the shows they had there. I know SmackDown and ECW came through uh, Carbondale while I was there, and I had friends that saw CM Punk eating at Buffalo Wild Wings. You know he wasn't having a beer, though. You don't? Oh, we've, we've already talked about this and called him a liar. I think we did this like 50 episodes ago. What, the Harley Race thing? <laughs> no, I just, remember, I just remember saying that CM Punk was a liar about being straight edge. I don't remember no, where that... He's a liar about a lot of things, Garrett. 
Well, no. you hear he's going to wrestle in Chicago, right? What? He's wrestling Marty Skrull at your Comic-Con. He's not wrestling him. He's thumb wrestling him. And that's, Fuck you. I thought that's news his... had slipped under my radar. You think you would have missed CM Punk as back news? I don't know. Maybe you read it just before we came on and I missed it. And I didn't make a big deal about it until 30 minutes in and also that's... just casually slipped it in. Yeah, that's totally what you would do. <laughs> Brutus Beefcake with Johnny Valiant versus David San Martino, the son of Bruno San Martino. I really, really liked this match. This actually might have been my favorite of the night. Really? What about it? Well, one, David San Martino looks like uh, Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but he looks like a buff version. Like a meaty Francis? Yeah, like the whole time on the outside, I just picturing Bruno like, get your fucking bike back. You get your fucking bike back. Get it from him. Take what's yours. I know you are, but what am I? But also, throughout that match, the commentators, they really put an emphasis on the importance of that match. And they kept (laughs) reminding... I'm glad you pointed this out. Because the commentators kept saying, like, this is a big match. Whoever wins, they're going to move on to great things. And whoever loses, this sets their career back a full year. Yeah. You don't hear that kind of stuff anymore. It was weird to say that a match was important and that it mattered who won. Well, it ultimately ended in a double, like a double disqualification. So it didn't matter. So everyone walked away. Okay. But this, this was the second longest match of the night. Yeah. Other than the main event. Yeah. Wow. Didn't realize that until just now. Uh, Intercontinental championship, man. Uh, Greg Valentine. Another Jimmy Hart appearance. I bet you were excited. Well, this was where I realized it. I didn't notice him the first time because the <laughs> King Kong Bundy match. I got more Jimmy Hart uh, FaceTime on that one. You know, about a seven-minute match. I really got it to, to sink in the sexiness of the mouth of the South. Pretty sure it, on the back of Junkyard Dog's tights, it says thump right across the ass. Yep. Yep. And the people were fucking loving Junkyard Dog. Fuck yeah, they were. God, that guy was over. Like, him coming out, that was one of the pops of the night. How do you feel about those, uh, the, the dog headbutt, headbutts? I'm a fan. I, you know what? I would try and get his permission <laughs> and bring that back as my signature move now. You just get down on all fours and charge them and hit your head into theirs? And they call it a headbutt, but I mean, it's, you know. How do you think Junkyard Dog died? I don't know. Just tell me. Automobile accident at the age of 45. That's a bummer. His real name is Sylvester. Well, you don't need this information. I'm just giving it to you. Okay. Like do with it what you will. You're bumming me out. We just assume that that's like watching a movie, like an old movie and looking at it being like, you know, that dog's definitely dead, right? Like that's, that's just going to be the case with pro wrestlers. Unfortunately. Thanks. Junkyard dog wins the match by count out, but he doesn't get the intercontinental championship as a result. Crowd was hot for this match. Crowd was behind the dog. I was behind the dog. I was ready for the dog to win. <laughs> you know who did win? The Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. They won the WWF Tag Team Championships from Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. My takeaway from this entire thing. What the fuck is going on with Captain Lou Albano's cheek? Okay, I was going to ask you, and I was hoping that you had the answer so we both didn't look like idiots, but uh, definitely missing out on, like, did he have a face piercing with rubber bands hanging from his face? I don't know what the fuck I was looking at. I was grossed out. Yeah, it wasn't pleasant to look at. Like, it kind of gave me the vibe of, if you remember in the movie Airheads, when Chris Farley is getting yelled at by the, the metalhead, and he ends up grabbing his nipple ring and tearing it off of his body. I felt like I could have done that to Captain Lou's cheek. Like, what was, what's it even supposed to be? Is that supposed to be punk rock? No, because he looks like he's just trash. Like, That's he's, like skank behavior. Well, when you look at the two guys he's coming out with, who are uh, just, you know, we got Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, who, Mike Rotundo, probably, if you know, if I'm going to rate people's attractiveness like I have been, definitely the most attractive man of the whole night. Barry Wyndham creeped me out a little bit, but then you got Captain Lou to make him look even better. 
I think the right guys went over, and it's all because of what Captain Lou Albano did to his face. Yeah, that was the decision before they went. I was like, hold there for a second. Sheik, you're going over. <laughs> Andre the Giant, Big John Stud. It's a body slam challenge for $15,000. God, this this match hurt me to watch again. Having watched the Andre documentary and seeing how much pain he would have been in at that point in his career, like it actually bothered me to watch him move. Well, that... But did you notice how impressive, like, he still looked a little bit athletic. Like, those chops that he did were kind of terrifying. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't even imagine. Don't want the, that ever. The rapid-fire chops to the chest from Andre the Giant. That's what I, that's what I, that's the feeling I get when I watch Walter now. And I now know that Walter is not nearly as big as I thought he was. So, was, did Andre take a bump at all in this match? A little bit, but nothing major. I know that uh, the fucking crowd popped like crazy when he picked Big John Stud up and dropped him. And, of course, Bobby Heenan, like an asshole, you know, runs off with the money. And Andre's laughing, so he, he's either going to get that money back or he doesn't even care because he was in Princess Bride. <laughs> When did he do Princess Bride? Was it after WrestleMania one? Uh, what what year was Mania one? This was eighty five, believe so. It would have been right around the same time, I think, because Princess Bride came out in nineteen eighty seven. So Princess Bride came out a couple years later. Because I know they were talking about in that documentary again. There's a scene in it when he catches the princess, and as he's catching her, like they ended up having to use uh, ropes or like lower her into his arms because he was in so much pain. He couldn't even hold this small lady. He also, uh, sorry. Now I'm just like watching this as making, they said that he didn't like big John stud as well because Andre's thing was stepping over the top rope and big John stud started doing it too. So I believe at some point he really laid into big John stud and was like, I'm the giant. Well, I was wondering about that because did you notice at the end of the match when Big John Stubb was trying to get away, Andre reached over and like grabbed his hair and yanked it? Did he step over the top rope to get away? I don't know. I I wasn't paying attention to that at the time. I just know that as he was trying to make his getaway, Andre made a point to reach over and like try to snatch him by the hair. And it really just kind of yanked his hair pretty hard. (laughs) It was probably real because once again, are you going to fuck with Andre the Giant? No, but when Andre decides he's going to fuck with you, you're in trouble. I just, I will never get over Macho Man, the visual, just the image in my head of Macho Man going to the card, realizing he's fighting Andre the Giant and just getting fucking sad. (laughs) And there's nothing you can do. And just him seeming timid, having to go talk to a guy and realizing like, well, I can't even make up a match with him. He hates me. No baby oil. <laughs> but you mentioned Andre the Giant pulling Big John Studs hair. Hair pulling was a big thing in the ne- the next match. Well, we need to talk about this one because it's significant. We got Wendy Ricker, <laughs> Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper in her corner against Leilana Kai and the fabulous Mula. It's a singles match for the WWF Women's Championship. This is that uh, rock and wrestling thing, man. And it's not the shortest match of the night. Like the women got, I mean, if you look at the times, they got just as long of a match as most of the guys did. Some longer than some. Like this was longer than Ricky the Dragon's Steamboat's match. Right. And it's not a bad little match. And this is the thing I I wanted to point out when I saw this is that I know if you're, if you're a lady listening to this podcast, you're going to go, yeah, no shit, Derek. It's sad to see that we went from a time period where they were actually allowing women to wrestle to what it evolved into like during the attitude era where it became just, you know, smut and bra and panties matches that lasted 30 seconds and whatnot. They let these girls go and it was a good little match. Yeah. A lot of hair pulling Cindy Lopper's the manager. Uh, let's see. The, the finish was a little weird. It ended with a cross body that turned into a roll up. Yeah. But it wasn't the prettiest roll up. It was a weird roll-up, but I would say overall, if we're going to say this was the first women's match at a WrestleMania, that was a good fucking women's match. Yeah. Especially because they're sandwiched in between Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. 
Yeah, and it wasn't really a piss break. That was the other thing I want to bring up about this show before we get to the main event. How did you feel about everything being one right after the another rapid fire? Boom, boom, boom. Here's the next match. There wasn't, there wasn't like an entertainment segment in the middle of the show. They didn't have a lot of downtime. Did you like that? I did enjoy it. Um, you know, going back and watching this, it makes it harder to know what the story was building because you don't get that awesome WWE video package that they have before every single match at a pay-per-view now. Right. I don't think there's anyone who does video packages as well as WWE. They can make me care about nearly any match with those packages. Right. Yeah, I don't... Honestly, like, this was such a short show. There isn't a piss break. And like you said, it's only like a little over two hours. I think it's like two hours and 18 minutes or something like that. So how if would anything, you feel if Mania was this long now? Would you Oof. feel like you'd be getting your money's worth? Would you be happier? If they want to do it like they were talking and split it into two days or something, then I guess that's what they can do. But I'm just saying, like, if they did WrestleMania in, like, under three hours, like two and a half hours, would that yeah, cause, accept, Would you still pay the same price? No. No, if you're going to give me half... I mean, I guess at this point they, they're charging more, but they're also giving us literally a seven-hour show. Well, that's what's funny is that for all for all the complaining about the length of shows now, which, you know, hey, we're part of that, too. They give you a lot of shit for your money. Oh, like yeah. I mean, it's essentially like a Woodstock of pro wrestling. <laughs> like, in, I don't I don't mean like in the way Cody meant it, but I meant and just like it's it's a it's a fucking festival, man. But do you think having it that long kind of turns off casual fans? Um. I think it turns off diehards because I think it's hard to be invested in something for that long. Well, and um, that's part of my decision and not going this year is, you know, if I'm going to be sitting somewhere for seven hours, I want to be comfortable. And then, you know, as soon as I say that though, like I've said before, there are people who sit on their ass and watch football every Sunday for that long. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what makes it different. And you pointed out the video packages. I think the video packages we appreciate them and we love them, but I think those are also there for people who are casual fans who don't watch every week to get caught up on everything that's happened. You don't have to watch a month's worth of events to know, oh, this is why they're fighting. But also, I mean, something else they cut out, this met, this entire show had nine matches. And out of these nine matches, maybe, maybe six wrestlers got entrance music. Yeah, that's true. They started it in the ring. So, I mean, as they cut over to a nervous British guy whose hands are shaking and clearly nobody fucking knows he's filming because everybody's walking straight in front of the camera, crew and wrestlers alike. <laughs> While that's happening, they're walking the other guys to the ring and then it just, they're like, all right, here we go. Next match. And so next match, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T with Jimmy Snook on the outside. Against Paul Orndorff, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper, and Bob Orton on the outside. Once again, a hot fucking crowd. Like, this is this is the equivalent of the Stephen Amell match at All In. But it was still just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Did it surprise you how short Mr. T was in comparison to everyone? No. I, I think I was surprised. He did pretty well for somebody who this isn't his thing. And you, you kind of look at the situation and the, the, the crowd popped for Hogan's music so hard. <laughs> like, I know that's a given now, but just we, I think we get so used to shows where there's no reaction to certain people. And just, I think it's cool going back and watching some of the old stuff on the network and seeing crowds who are just totally into every second of the show. It made me envious. It was probably, and the thing is we, I mean, we say this every year, with WrestleMania, we, we, we talk about the, the history of the pay-per-view. I mean, the people there probably had no idea. It was a two hour and 18 minute. It was two hours and 18 minutes of their life that they thought maybe was a one and done. Vince took a gamble on doing this and it's historic. And now we're getting ready to do number 35 here in a few weeks. It's just insane going. If you watched one and then 34, just how crazy different the show is. Yeah. You know, no, no fanfare other than, you know, the announcers and everybody wearing tuxedos. Yeah. Um, 
Are you happy you did this little uh, exercise going back and watching the original WrestleMania? Honestly, we've been in the past few months, we have watched so much new wrestling and just trying to stay current on everything that one of my favorite things we do is go back and watch things we haven't seen. And I was really, really missing that. And I'm happy we're going to do that here for a while. Yeah, I I am too. I had a lot of fun with this. I'm looking forward to doing more of these. Um, So we could end up doing one for next week. We don't know. We're going to do these intermittently, but, uh, do you think that, uh, I don't remember if it was Roddy Piper or Paul Orndorff that, uh, there was a moment when Mr. T, like they basically just started doing mat wrestling with him and they got him in a headlock and he was just stuck. He clearly could do nothing. (laughs) I don't was. Yeah. Was that them fucking with him? Because that is like, they basically got to a point where it looked like they choked Mr. T to unconsciousness. I think that was a receipt as they call it in the business where it's just like, Hey, just a reminder at any moment I can make this real and there's nothing you can do. After that, he was never in the match again. That was the end of Mr. T in that match was him basically being choked unconscious, still getting a tag and then just hanging out on the side of the ring looking like he was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania one, man. Um, if you haven't, if any of you guys are listening to this podcast, like pro wrestling, you haven't gone back and watched WrestleMania one, get ready to celebrate WrestleMania 35. So now's as good a time as any to go back and do that. Hope you enjoyed our commentary on it. Garrett. I have a question for you. Yeah. How was fighting with my family? It was pretty good. What? <laughs> That's it. You initially texted me that you were not happy. You have to elaborate more than that. What happened? What's going on? Um. Well, I think a big part of it is it is definitely a movie where they talk to you like you aren't super familiar with wrestling. But like there's it, they explain a lot. It felt like I was getting a lot explained to me. And there was one specific scene in the performance center where Vince Vaughn is the coach and he is basically just going through. And in the span of one paragraph rattles off, like all of the wrestling lingo that you would use in an everyday conversation. Like as a mark. Kinda. Yeah. Or a smart, like, whatever. Like heel baby face over selling just like everything. It just felt like, Okay, if I didn't know what pro wrestling was, I get to have a Vince, <laughs> Vince Vaughn explain it to me. Uh, it was there were only a few wrestlers in it doing cameos. Sheamus and uh, I guess is this a spoiler? I was gonna ask. Don't don't spoil too much because I may still go see it. See it, and it's it's a new movie, so some of our listeners might not have seen it yet. So don't okay, give away I, too much. But go ahead. Yeah, they one thing they focus a lot on is because I think we're all pretty hard on the Divas division, especially yeah. at that time it was the Divas division. And they do a good job of humanizing the ladies who were working to be in the Divas division that, you know, like they had stuff that they, you know, dreams and accomplishments they were going towards as well. Kind of like making you like not as angry with them, I guess. Where it felt like real, you know, it always felt like real wrestlers weren't getting the time and they were hiring models and cheerleaders. But you see, you know, these cheerleaders and models had families. They had people they were trying to support. They were in it for the right reasons, too. I mean, they got offered money to do a thing. And, you know, why would you turn that down? Was the comedy shitty? And did they overplay how much The Rock was a part of the story? He was really only in it. Like basically what you see in the trailers is the rock scenes. And I think there were definitely things that the rock does with her career that he probably wasn't there for, but it isn't super in your face. I think it's, it's a nice little coming of age story. And I think that it's, it was pretty enjoyable. I think somebody, I think everyone will like it. Everyone wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans alike. I think it's something that if you're looking, if you're a wrestling fan and you're trying to take your significant other to a movie, <laughs> and that's the I think one I like because put it this way Leah enjoyed it she actually thought it was a good movie okay fair enough that's that's a decent little review there and just kind of getting to see more of her backstory with like her brother and you know because I kind of knew Paige's story but I didn't know the full story and getting to see it and then getting to see some of the actual footage of her with her family at the end was really cool uh yeah just overall Nice, nice little movie. It's nice. I think nice is the best way to put it. So there is one current wrestler playing a character. 
and I don't think this is a surprise. I believe it is in the trailer. I just didn't realize. But Zelina Vega plays AJ Lee. Oh, okay. And I was kind of surprised we didn't get more current female wrestlers in the movie taking roles. Uh, but I did know Tessa, uh, Tessa Blanchard did all the stunt wrestling for the actress that played Paige. Oh. So that's kind of cool. Did, did you get your uh, Pete Dunn cameo or Pete Dunn acting cameo that you were looking for? Yes. I just, whoever was playing Pete Dunn, it's just hilarious because he is the most, it was clearly somebody being Pete Dunn. Did they and I believe, job? I mean, it was in one scene and he basically gets mistaken for a lady. Oh, but yeah, overall, I think it's worth seeing. I don't know if you necessarily need to rush out and see it in theaters, but it's one that I think a wrestling fan, if it rolls around onto a, a streaming service, you're going to check it out and have a good time. So my thing on Friday was I got a little bit tipsy. I came home and I watched pro wrestling on the WWE network for a while. Several hours. In fact, what, uh, what'd you get into? I got into a lot of stuff, um, but I specifically wanted to watch a match. I hadn't watched uh, for a little bit and it's an emotional one. And it was the, what, let's see, 15 year anniversary of, and uh, that, on February 15th, 2004, WWE No Way Out from the Cow Palace. Garrett, you've been to the Cow Palace recently. I have. Yeah. Tremendous facility. Tremendous facility? That's not what I hear. I hear that it's, it's shit. There's one entrance slash exit, and it's on one side of the building, and everybody has to go that way. Is that true? Yeah, no. There was a huge fucking line, and we were all going through one thing, but I got there early enough that it wasn't a big deal for me. Well, 15 years ago, Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. The unexpected happens. Eddie Guerrero beats Lesnar. Crowd's really into it. Garrett, you've never watched this match. This is my homework to you for next week. We could talk about this a little bit more next week, but I'm giving that to you as a gift. How many tattoos did Lesnar have at this point in his career? Uh, Was he cutting his own promos? He didn't have... Yeah, he was cutting his own promos. He was at his best in the build to this match. Um, Did he yeah. have a sombrero on? This is Yes, this is the feud where he put the sombrero on and brought out the mariachi band. That Did I he have a fake mustache week. on as well? No. Do you think he was offered one and turned it down? I hope that's what <laughs> happened. Because that's a great story. Uh, I cannot even imagine trying to put a costume on him. <laughs> Like picture if picture if in a world where he isn't an asshole and that he does like a, a match with the New Day where he's partners with them. Didn't he fight the New Day on like a network special or something? He killed Kofi Kingston in Japan. Was that the name of the show? I think yeah, the show was called Beast in the East or the Beast Heads East or something like that. But either way, he had a match against Kofi and threw him on his head like six or seven times and then it was over. Yeah. Kofi seems to be doing well for himself these days. I would say better than well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What what else did you watch? Um I watched some WrestleMania 20 main event, which is uh He Who Shall Not Be Named against Shawn Michaels against Triple H. Voldemort? Mm, basically. Who's he shall not? Oh. Oh. No, no. Yeah. No, no. You got it figured out. Yeah, I figured it out. Yeah. It isn't a dark wizard. Yeah. I hadn't more watched of a that match Jack in a while. Jack the Ripper type. Yeah. Got on to that. Um, I watched, I think it's from 2016. I watched some Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. I think it was from Battleground. Um. That was a good match. Yeah, I, I basically, like, my, my thing that I figured out I, I like doing again is uh, getting some beers, pounding about six tall boys by myself, and putting on random matches on the network. And you're not really much of a drinker, Garrett. That's true. I, I'm, I'm not, not shaming you. I'm just letting you know that this isn't a thing that I can share experiences with you about. I can get inebriated in my own ways. Yeah, of course. Crack cocaine. Crack cocaine is perfectly acceptable. You know, I just uh, have a have a nice bowl of crack cocaine and then 
watch Terry Funk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dave Batista is back in WWE. You didn't know oh. this until right before the podcast. No, I well, I am officially done moving in. Like I, we've finished with the other apartment. We spent eight hours cleaning it this weekend. So as of this week, I will be back watching wrestling on the reg. I will have it all consumed and ready. Good for you. Now, update: Is it haunted? Is the no. house haunted? No ghosts. It's good. Though so my wife is leaving for a week, and I have a feeling that if I'm seeing ghosts, it's going to be while I'm here alone for seven days. Yeah. Just shoot me a text. Let me know if something happens. Yeah, you won't answer. You're just going to be like, in the middle of the night, buzz, buzz, buzz. He's an asshole for trying I'll to text me. I'll answer for that. Well, you won't see it. Also, put it on nighttime mode so that you don't get the buzzing. Sorry. That's what I do. Are you venting at me now? Yeah, you're the one that's a jerk. There's I... options to not hear those buzzes. I am a little bit of a jerk. You can't avoid how shitty I am. So Big Dave isn't the only one that's back. Who else is back, Garrett? I hear Mr. Roman Reigns made a return. He did. Roman and by Reigns. here, I, I did watch this. Leukemia is in re- remission. That crowd, was this the very first time they got the Roman Reigns reaction they've always wanted? Yeah, you know Vince had a hard on. It's hard to not feel good for the guy. No, it, feel, it, it felt awesome. Good for him. And good for him, the crowd being receptive. And I thought it was cool that they let him come out and take his time. He got to go around the entire ring twice, once before and once after, taking pictures with people. Seth came out. I mean, he had a good speech, told everyone that, you know, thanking everybody for all the support. We gave him support. We were supportive despite saying things that, you know, might have upset him face to face in the past. We were supportive. We wanted Roman to come back. And he's actually, I guess, back back. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting him to make an announcement saying soon. Like, I'm healed, but I've got a few weeks or something. I didn't realize he's going to be like, I'm kicking ass next week. I hope you're ready for the main event of WrestleMania. And then the next day did Good Morning America. Didn't see any of that interview, but I'm assuming it went well. Who would you start him with now that he's back and then, like, an actual baby face. Uh, I'm hearing rumors that they're going to do some kind of shield thing at fast lane, which I'm kind of over. <laughs> like I'm happy that Roman's back and I'm already at that. Uh, what he's doing. I'm not into, um, <laughs> <laughs> not trying to be a dick. It's just stop trying to milk the shield stuff though. I guess if Dean's leaving, this is their last chance, right? Yeah, I guess what'll happen is it's going to be the Shield versus somebody, but then, I don't know, Alexa Bliss comes out and beats Dean. I think Alexa Bliss teased showing her tits on Raw. Did you see Again? that? No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, she she was interviewing Finn Balor, who's the Intercontinental Champion, and she was saying that she's upset that he's got that title around his waist because it covers up those beautiful abs. And she says... If you take that title off and show me those abs, I'll show you my... And that is when there's an interruption and you don't get to hear her finish. Well, what do I got to show to see Shawn Michaels' dong? (laughs) (laughs) You you lament. We're not going to be able to... Everybody's going to say, you know, like... Well, you didn't watch all of Marine 6. Dude hangs some brain. Mm. I'm not going to make what? any promises on when we're seeing Marine 6 because this is, it's been the ongoing quest for like three months. I'm just going to send you a copy in the mail. You're going to get an Amazon package and you're going to be forced to watch it. I'm not forced. I, I want to watch it. I'd be happy. Well, can we just quit talking about it and just fucking do it? Let's just quit talking and end this episode. I think we've given the people enough. I think we've covered our bases. Derek, where can the people find us on social media? Well, as I said earlier, if you want to reach out to us on social media, where we do polls, post pictures, all that fun stuff, we interact with you guys there. We're at WrestleHangout on Twitter, at WrestleHangout on Facebook, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, and you can email us, PredeterminedPodcast at gmail.com. As we said And you earlier, can text me and see where that gets you. Yeah. You can make us watch something. If you leave us a nice 
little review on iTunes. We have to watch it as long as it's mildly pro pro wrestling related. Give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. Garrett, I have nothing else to add. I kind of hope somebody asks us to watch a Buff Bagwell's reality show where he's hooking. I'd watch that. That sounds fun. Aren't you excited for new episodes of Ms. and Mrs.? Is that coming back soon? Are they airing promos? They've been airing promos, Garrett. Fuck yes, Derek. You got to keep me up to date on this shit. You know I've been busy. (sighs) Hit our goddamn music.